you would change the slide. Okay, and if you want to join me in the song as I sing it, that you are welcome to. You probably know the tune. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. It's a lovely little song, and in fact, this is a dance song. This, that song, it would probably be even quicker tempo than this, and there would be turning until you would come round right, like it, is, like it says in the lyrics. You can turn the slide back now. Thank you. So hymn is a gift to us from the Shaker author and elder Joseph Brackett, and the Shakers, which are an all but extinct sect of American Christianity, were very active in the 18th and 19th centuries in New England. They emphasized interreligious experience, the divine feminine, communal living, supporting themselves by what they could craft and grow, and, which might have made them a little bit unpopular, total celibacy. However, the virtue of simple living perhaps took root best in the stony New England soil. Life was hard, no electricity, no running water, things don't grow particularly easily there, to survive and to thrive, they formed little communities centered around prayer, Bible study, and work, which is actually very similar to Benedictine monks, monastic communities. Instead of the dominant ethic of more, more, getting and getting and accumulating, Shakers embraced the ethic of enough. And that ethic of, of enough is not just helpful for a relationship to material gifts, it is also helpful for a relationship to spiritual gifts, too. Those poor Corinthians. The religious marketplace was tough in the first century. It's tough today, but it was tough, especially in the first century. There's so much to choose from. There are the various temples to gods and goddesses, the most prominent among them being Apollos. Aphrodite's cult was also very popular and since, since hedonist, a hedonistic lifestyle was, was apparently linked with you know, being a faithful devotee of the goddess. There were also various mystery cults. Those of Isis and Mithras were very popular in the Roman world. And there were synagogues. God-fearing Gentiles were often guests at worship there. So when Paul appeared in Corinth, planting the church with what he called a demonstration of the spirit and of power, it must have been pretty impressive. However, some of them seem to have gotten this idea that dramatic displays of spiritual power were the only spiritual gifts worth noting. After all, if you want to bring people into your congregation, you got to do something impressive, right? Really knock their socks off. 
Bring out the professional bands. Bring out the fog machine. That is a running joke in, in the Spirit of Shalom band, by the way. When are we going to get the fog machine and the lights? Get charismatic, a charismatic, dynamic, and handsome preacher every week. Someone who will really light the people up. Someone whose face is made for TV. Actually, not even TV, made for streaming. TV is now, guess, guess that's my generation now, so I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, have the best AV system and the best production values. Whatever it is, make sure it fills the pews and fills the offering plate. Now, before this starts to end up sounding like too much of a rant, probably too late, but all those things, great music, great preaching, engaging worship are helpful. I'm not talking down about any of that. They can indeed bring people into the church. They can be gifts of the Holy Spirit given for the sake of increasing God's church. However, when those things are emphasized at the expense of the humbler gifts, the ones that don't necessarily put a dime in the basket or a butt in the seat, that's when the church has departed from its mission to live out the gospel in love. Paul, to correct this, lists all kinds of gifts. He writes of gifts of knowledge, of faith, of wisdom, of healing. There's prophecy, discernment, which you know, those gifts are nothing more than deep listening to God's word and to the Holy Spirit and sharing that word with the congregation. There are powerful works. There are even by there are even speaking and interpreting tongues, which makes Lutherans kind of uncomfortable, but those are listed as genuine gifts. There is a thread through all of them, though. They are given by the same Spirit for the common good, for the building up of the community, not for causing division not for tearing down, not for elevating one group of people over another, but for building up the whole body of Christ in a particular location. And that building up is rooted in the love of God. God, through these gifts, shows us his great love for us. And through our gifts, God also shows love to our neighbor. We don't have to be the flashiest church on the block. We don't have to be the biggest, the best, the most financially stable, or the most engaging. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. Those are all good things that we want. But they are not and never were ends in themselves. The end is the greatest commandment. Love of God and love of neighbor. Jesus showed God's love for us in a most surprising way by being humbly born, by living among the poor and powerless of Galilee, by standing up to the powers that be, by suffering, dying, and rising again so that we can share in his glory. The love of Jesus is humble and authentic. It's real. It doesn't shy away from the pain and indignity of human life. Jesus knows how messed up we are. He knows the indignities and cruelties of this world. Jesus takes all of that upon himself 
so that we can be all that he is. Jesus takes all our stuff on himself so that he can give us everything that he is. Who knows? Your spiritual gifts may or may not be in your line of work or, 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 in, uh, or what you do every day. You may have gifts of empathy and mercy, gifts that, know, that uh, people have, that, that seem to come naturally for you, but are not perhaps in what you have done for a living. You may have a gift of administration or organization. You may have gifts of faith above and beyond others. Faith in God that inspires people and builds their own faith. I know several of you who have done that for me here in this congregation. There, you may have gifts of healing through prayer and touch. There are too many others to name. Too many other gifts gifts to name. They may or may not be impressive. They may or may not be the kind of thing that bring in people or money. They may be behind the scenes kinds of gifts, the kind often hidden by Scandinavian reserve. I know how we're all like. I was going to say you, but I, you know, I'm like that too. Don't want to, don't want to show too much. No, I know that Midwestern reserve. But whatever your gifts are, they are given by God. And because they are given by God, they are rooted in God's love in Christ, who gave himself for the life of the world. Thanks be to God. Amen.